This is Solve It for Kids. Hello, my amazing and curious friends. My name is Jennifer, the Dean of all things STEM and STEAM, and this is Solve It for Kids, the podcast that gives kids and families a peek inside the real world of scientists, engineers, and experts as they solve problems in their jobs using creativity, cooperation, and critical thinking. And now please welcome to the show my podcast partner, Galactic Space Geek, Jeff Ganya. Hello, Jennifer, and hello, geeks out there, because we have an episode for the geeks, and you are going to listen to this one more than once. Oh, this one is going to be so much fun. What problem are we solving today? How do you build a droid? How do you build a droid? Now, notice we said droid and not robot, so I have a feeling we're going to learn the difference between those two. Who is our guest today, Jeff? Oh, get ready. Our guest today is the fantastic Dr. Topher Hunter. For his day job, he's a scientist at a medical (laughs) device company, but we are talking to him because he is a near-professional hobbyist in robotics and droid building. Welcome to the show, Topher. Thank you. Well, we are so thrilled to have you. So your day job is as working in a medical device company, but you build really cool robots, which we're going to talk about. But I'm curious, have you always built robots even as a kid? No. You know, as a kid, I I loved to build with Lego and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, And love to play, you know, play around on my computer, but... Computer programming, building electronics? No. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So how did that come about? Was that something along the way in school or was that even later in life? It was later in life. When I was a high school student and in university, I was very good at uh, what we call releasing the magic smoke, which is that all (laughs) electronics work by magic smoke inside. And if you let the smoke out, they don't work anymore. (laughs) I was doing things that friends of mine who were much better at electronics were like, how did you do that? So I was really good at making big mistakes. Okay. (laughs) So that's how you learned by making big mistakes? Well, that's how I learned that at first I did not want to do any of this. Oh. And you know, we had a robotics club in, in university and we were part of the, you know, the whole like early battle bots kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Student teams. And, and I would just noped out of that big time. All right. Then, so gosh, almost a, ugh, a decade ago, I got involved with a costuming club okay. called the 501st Legion, the 501st Legion. And we are a club that builds Star Wars costumes and then wears them. We build as perfect a replica as we can get of what's on screen. Wow. And then we wear them for charities. There you go. Yeah. So we wear them for charities. We wear them to, you know, Comic Cons and all that kind of stuff. I have a brother that's a stormtrooper. Excellent. Well, there you go. (laughs) TD12127. That's, but, uh, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. One of the things I noticed, though, was that when we were at what we call a trooping event, was that if either a Wookiee or a droid showed up, 
all the attention went to them. Oh, okay. Absolute you know, truth. So, yeah, everyone wants either to, to, to get a photo with the big fuzzball or with R2 or 3 p Yes. So I was basically jealous. And so I decided I was going to turn to the, the other side and I was going to build this droid. And I thought, okay, this can't be too hard, right? Oh, dear. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. The fun part is that the just like the 501st is all the they do all the bad guys, the stormtroopers, Darth Vader. Right. All like OK, that. sure. There's also a group that focuses on the heroes that's called Rebel Legion. OK. And then there's the Astromech Club, which is ah. the droid builders. Yeah. So is this worldwide club. All the every continent, you know, most of the countries have members. And so in that club, we share designs, we share, you know, share bits of computer code that we've optimized. And so you kind of can pull from bits and pieces and you can get lots of help from the, from the people on the forum. Wow. And you can just kind of learn through, and they're really helpful and great about, you know, coaching you through the basics. And that's how I learned. I just learned by saying, okay, I'm going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what was the first droid that you attempted to build? The very first one was a, an R2-D2. Oh, okay. cool. That's who um, I would have picked. He's my favorite. Oh, yeah. R2-D2. I have an R2-D2 suitcase. That I there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can get these these beautiful little, um, you know, small R2 droids from, um, oh, blanking on the name of the company, but, you know, they, they make beautiful little remote control droids and stuff that wow. you, can, you can play with and they're really cool and, and well done. And so, you know, yeah, we build the whole club. We build life-size replicas of the droids that are seen on screen. So I've got, you know, next to me here, I've got Chopper. He's actually my favorite and he's a blast. I have so, lots of fun. So he's, so life side is what, three feet or so? So he's about three feet they? tall. He's basically waist height on, a, on an adult and he's completely 3D printed. Um, ah, okay. I was going to yep. ask. Okay. Yeah, listeners, right. just a quick pause. We will have pictures of these yes. on this website. Yes. Go ahead, Dr. Topher. Yeah. So yeah, he's fully 3D printed and then he has some very simple electronics inside that run, you know, run his motors and spin his dome and make it, he makes noises and stuff. And then I have a little remote control that I can hide in my pocket and I can drive him from about 40 feet away. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's very cool. Okay. So I want to ask about the 3D printing because how do you, because he's also, he has color. So he's, orange on the top and kind of with yellow and then you know the body's white are those all is the head kind of all one piece how do you do that with 3d printing so it depends on what tools you have available to you when i printed this guy i just had a fairly small printer and so he's dome what we call the the head part right right Uh, his dome is gosh about Probably about 16 pieces around and then four pieces to form the flat top. So it's about 20 pieces that you print out individually and then, you know, glue and bind together. Wow. And then a lot of sanding and finishing and and smoothing all that and then painting them. He was actually fun because Chopper, if you're familiar with the cartoon, you know, he's a very beaten up old droid. He's basically got (laughs) made from spare parts and. So, you know, a lot of the mistakes I made, I was able to just kind of leave in because, like, okay, <laughs> fine, <excellent>. Chopper. <laughs> Nobody they expects Chopper to be pristine. So. Yeah. 
So, okay, yeah. one more question. What kind of material is he 3D printed out of? He is printed from a plastic called PETG, polyethyl tetrathal, oh dear, a PETG. Yes. Google is your friend. There are multiple different plastics that you can use in 3D printing. Okay. Each one has its pros and cons. If you're getting into printing, there are great write-ups and kind of help you, you know, right. pick okay. which one you prefer. PETG has a lot of advantages because it's it has a much higher melting temperature than most of the others. And what a lot ah. of droid builders have discovered is that, you know, if you're like, even if you're inside, but you park your droid in where the sun is shining through a window on it, if your plastic has a low melting temperature, I've seen droids completely melt in an oh, air conditioner. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> that's sad. You mean a melted <laughs> droid? That's bad? Okay. That's, that's yeah. sad. Well, yeah, everybody take so, that note. So it's not in, in, in the photo that we took, but I on, on the other side of me, I have a full-size BB-8. Yes. And so if you remember from the movies, BB-8 is a sphere with a little head that floats on top. And right. it's actually, it's magnetically attached. And so, you know, he's got to be a sphere and he's got to stay a sphere. If he gets a flat spot, he's oh not yeah. going to roll gonna anymore. Roll, he's going <laughs> to bounce around. You know, he doesn't have to like melt into a puddle, but if he just melts enough to form a flat spot... Oof. He's got trouble. Sure. Uh, so, with Chopper being full size and about three feet tall, and I think everybody can kind of picture that, how much does he weigh when ooh, he is question. fully put together? And, you know, you have him moving around, he's got motors and he's doing all the things. How much does he weigh? So, he's actually pretty light. He's about, I guess, I've never put him on a scale, but he's probably about 75 pounds. Okay. Um, so so I can pick him up. You know, it's not fun or easy, mostly because he's just big around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Getting a good grip on him is actually the hardest part. My R2-D2 is completely built out of aluminum. So it's machined aluminum. Oh, uh, wow. 3D printing on him. He weighs something on the order of 150 to 200 pounds. He is oh, very yikes. hard for me to lift. Yeah, alone for sure. So tell yeah. us about like what's inside of him. So you have to build so you 3d print the outside but then inside mm -hmm. do you have to build all of the basic of the mechanics and everything that's inside it to get it to go and then also program yeah. it all yeah uh, again the club is very helpful because you know people have worked out good sets of electronics and good computer programs to load onto those electronics unfortunately you know since we're not on video i can't really showcase it but i'm going to pull out the control board here and show it and maybe we can grab it. So I'm pulling out right now the entire heart and brains of Chopper. Wow. And maybe we can get a still if you want to get another sure. photo. Yeah. Oh wow, that's very complicated. So that's everything that runs Chopper. And this is a Chopper is actually a very simple droid because he just has the motors to drive around. So okay. two motors, one in each of his main feet. He's got a third motor that spins the dome, and then he oh, has cool. an amplifier and a soundboard that control that make the noises. And so what we've got on here, actually, if basically all the power comes into one spot, goes through right. a junction that sends it out to different directions. It runs off of an Arduino core. If, okay. if any of your listeners are familiar with what Arduino is, that's, that's his okay. entire brain. 
There's a couple of small motor controllers and the soundboards. And it's that's it for a simple droid like Chopper. Okay. But it moves and the head, the dome the he- spins and it can make spins. all those yep. like beeping noises. Yep. Yep. That's so cool. And when you get into a more complex one, like, and people have made Chopper more complex because he's got some arms and stuff that move around on the cartoon. And, okay. But in like an R2 unit, people have, have set up little tiny servo motors, which will open and close all the doors on his body and all the doors. Oh, okay. You know, if you watch the, the like the movies, right, he flips open little panels on his head and yes, you know, like, ejects sure. a lightsaber or puts up a life scanner. People have done all those kind of things. And in that um, case, you've got lots, lots more motors and controllers and everything else going into right. it. Right. Wow. Uh, one of the fun things we run into with Chopper, actually, is that because he only existed in a cartoon, whereas R2 was a real right. remote sure. control robot, Chopper has a few design features that are challenging to bring to life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not the least of which is, is if you think his center wheel so like R2-D2 has that giant foot that comes out of his yes, body. Right. It's yes. the third wheel, right? So he gets a tricycle and he's very stable. Yes. Chopper uses a caster, which is a wheel that kind of follows along. Okay. And it means that his caster, his center wheel is actually very, very close and almost in line with his main wheels. Right. So he's not much of a tricycle. <laughs> ah. <laughs> He's taken a couple of bad face plants on like oh, little man. little seams in the pavement and stuff like that. So, gotcha. Breaks my heart when my droid goes. Splat. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> just like when something bad happens to them in the movies. Yes. Yep. So you said you have so you have a chopper and you have an R two D two and you have a BB eight. Is the plan to just keep building droids or <laughs> is it, you know, are you are you planning on contacting Disney and saying, oh. hey, I have a new idea for a droid or something like that? So I'm not going to contact Disney and do that. But we do actually have club members whose droids have been in the TV shows and movies. That's wow. cool. So, yeah, cool. one of the side effects of having this really dedicated core of fans who've worked very hard to build very, very detailed and you know great-looking droids and costumes right. is that, for example, when they were shooting the first season of The Mandalorian, in the okay. final spoiler alert, in the couple final couple of episodes, you have a whole bunch of stormtroopers show up. Right. Well, Disney and Lucasfilm basically said, "Yeah, we don't have that." many costumes um, <laughs> but we do know some people who have lots of really good looking costumes so i've got a bunch of friends who were those stormtroopers oh my they were gosh on set with with you know john favreau and and oh all those folks. my gosh and that was probably same, like a dream come true right yeah 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 and by the same token some of the droids that our club builds have now been in movies because occasionally they're like yeah we need more droids in the background well well let's just call up the droid builders rather than you know right spend a bunch of money to build something ourselves so it's a fun partnership that is developed between the fans and lucasfilm disney that's Um, fantastic 
So if you have some, I mean, I would say a kid, but I guess you started doing this when you were an adult. So where would you start if you wanted to build your own droid, do you think, or some kind of robot? Do you like, do you recommend a specific programming code to start learning or? Right. If you wanted to start with, say, building a Star Wars droid, Mm -hmm. I would suggest joining the club. We did no fee, no cost to join. All you got to do is register on the website. It's astromech.net, A-S-T-R-O-M-E-C-H dot N-E-T. And, you know, we we take all comers and introduce yourself and say what you're interested in doing. And we'll go from there. Whether you're going to 3D print, whether you're going to build from aluminum, whether you're going to build from wood, from styrofoam, all sorts of options. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to learn like a specific kind of coding to, to code all these or did they help with that too? They will help with that. Absolutely. In fact, you know, to do your most basic stuff, you can basically just download the code that we've shared on the website and install it on your Arduino board and just run. If you want to start learning how to customize, and that's actually, so that's how I started was just downloading it. And like, I don't want to do this computer program. This scares me. (laughs) And then I was like, well, you know, I'd really love my droid to do some unique things. Okay, fine. I'll start. Sure. and then you've got the entire code sitting there in front of you and you're like, okay, I can start to tease through it and start to learn what parts of it do and kind of, instead of just starting with a blank page. Similarly, you know, going away from the Star Wars space, I have over here, we got a picture of it, of Percy. So he's a, about a quarter scale uh, model of the Perseverance rover that is currently oh, on, wow. on Mars. Very cool. Yeah. He's also fully remote control. And he was also from, there's a guy who, you know, designed the scale and rendered the code. So he wrote the programs and then shared it on his website. And so you can download all this stuff for free and print it and cut it and make it and build it. Wow. So again, you don't have to learn no computer programming or electronics, you know, or frankly, actually, he didn't even really require any soldering, come to think of it. Wow. So, okay. You know, he was very much just a, a plug together, more almost like more of like a big Lego kit. Speaking of Lego, there is, I think they're retiring it, but there's a great Lego robotics system. Yes. That is wonderful for learning. And I know a lot of schools have bought kits and they've got robotics clubs. That would be also a great thing is get, see if your local school has a robotics club. Also look around for what are called maker spaces. A lot of cities sure. have those. And they're, you know, great opportunity potentially for for people to, you know, you can just walk in and say, hey, I want to learn about this. And somebody will probably be able to teach you. I love that. Yeah. So when you bring your droids around, whether it's with the 501st or I don't know if you do it any other times, when you're bringing your droids around to these events with families, aside from just the oohs and the ahs and obviously the selfie moments that have to be happening all the time. What kinds of questions are kids asking you about the droids? <laughs> so I mentioned that I, I can hide the remote in my pocket. Right. Okay. So one of my favorite things to do is try to get as far away from him as I can and hide in the crowd. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe how readily willing people are and how willing kids are. And by kids, I mean kids four years old. I mean, kids, 80 years old, (laughs) everything in between. This guy turns people into kids again. It's great. Uh, You know, when they can't see, they can't figure out who's operating him. Sure. They 
rapidly just assume he's operating himself. So, you know, that's kind of not quite answering your question, but, you know, when they do find me or or when I'm in more of an interactive mode, people ask a lot of the same things you have, you know, what's what's he made from? How did you build him? Did, Did you build him or did you buy him? You know, if I can, I try not to take his dome off and show the yeah, no, you know, no, it right. ruins the illusion. If I can get him into a, a you know, a, a private spot and somebody's really interested in knowing more about his guts, I'll, I'll pull the dome off and show them what, how he works. And, okay. That's um, so cool. I like that you kind of mess with people and get far away and just kind of look through the crowd and let him operate on his own. Yeah. One of my favorite moments with Chopper. So I took him to Celebration Chicago, which is one of the, you know, Star Wars Celebration is the big, oh, wow. roughly annual Star Wars convention. And I took him to the celebration that was held in Chicago a few years ago. And he was the only Chopper. Most of the droids were in the droid room. They were all on display behind, you know, red rope. and Yes, you know, yes. Sure. He was one of the only droids wandering the floor. And people from across a very big room would go <laughs> scream, Chopper! And sprinting to come see him. It was so much fun. The last day I was I was sitting there and you know, we were in the bar and my partner and I were enjoying a drink. And I'm operating Chopper. I've just got his his controller hidden under my sweater and just driving him around the lobby of the hotel. And he's just spinning around. And people are coming up and interacting with him. And you know, it's just I can remember seeing the Emperor, you know, Emperor Palpatine comes up and he's totters up to, to chopper and starts poking with him and starts interacting with him and just nice. playing with him. And then this little tiny, this little girl who couldn't have been more than about seven comes up and she's like interacting with him for about 15 minutes. And finally like writes a note on a scrap of paper and tries to slip it in somewhere. Aww. It's just so cute. See, and I That's mean, it's terrific. great. Yeah. It's great that these bring joy too, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. I mean, okay, so I don't know if any of you guys went to Disney World long time ago. Do you remember when they had the talking trash can that would go around in Tomorrowland? It was so there was clearly someone because it would literally like ask you questions and then kind of respond. And I remember as a kid, we were probably teenagers going, Where is the person? There's gotta be a person, right? And we could never find it. So I don't know if they were like up. It was across from the race cars, right? That's where the trash can mm-hmm. was located. And it was funny because you never knew because, you know, a lot of times it was just a regular trash can, but some days they'd have this other one. And I remember one time it was coming up behind me and my brothers were like looking at me. Right. And I mean, I didn't know. And all of a sudden it said something to me. I like probably jumped three feet. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever was, was like, oh, let's get this person. But it was fun. We used to interact with that. And I think. I think that's the joy, right? Like, who knows? Someday we may really be interacting with robots and maybe it may not turn out the way we want. I don't know for that. But for now, I think it's just so fun, especially when we've seen these things kind of come to life in cartoons and movies. Yeah. It raises an interesting point is that throughout this conversation, we've kind of been blending the terms droid and robot and using Right, that's true. But if, you know, if we really want to be strict and, and accurate. Nothing that I make is a robot. Ah, okay. Everything I make is an electronic puppet. Okay. Because to be, so we can kind of, without getting too strict in our, in our language, we can parse, we can break things down into there's, there are machines, right? There are puppet like 
machines and there are robots. Okay. So a machine is, you know, my coffee machine. I press a button, it makes a coffee. <laughs> okay. If I forget to put coffee in it, it's still going to make hot water. If I forget to put water in it, it's going to make very dry coffee. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it's dumb. It is right. very dumb. Right. Everything I build, these are all puppets because the only thinking is occurring in my head. Right. And I okay. am then telling the robot, the the droid, the, the puppet, what to do. I'm just, right. instead of okay. conventional puppetry where the sticks in my hand right. in his mouth, you know, I'm, I'm re- operating a remote control. Then we get into true robotics. Yeah. And that would be, a true robot would be a machine that senses something about its environment and then changes its behavior to suit. Wow. So if the yeah. coffee machine could know, hey, you forgot to put coffee in here. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I won't go through the cycle. <laughs> or right. just say, hey, hello, I need some coffee. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a very, very simple robot where it's somehow sensing. Whereas, you know, you look at like some of the more, much more complex uh, industrial robots and stuff, right? They're able to, oh, this, you know, I'm making a Corolla, so I need this bolt. I'm making a Civic, so I need this bolt kind of thing, right? right? And we, we're going to see, I mean, heck, we can, you were seeing this in things like self-driving cars, right? You know what? Yes. It's not an, an on or off, usually. It's, there's a spectrum. There's how much is the driver involved? If the driver's completely uninvolved, then we might say it's a robot. If the driver's partly involved, well, it's kind of a puppet. If we think of a car as a puppet. Right. right. And it's kind of a robot. And, you know, it's, uh, there's all sorts of interesting stuff. So my point being, there, you know, you could use making electronic puppets as an entry point to then starting to think about, okay, can I make my droid start to interact and start to sense ah, world? Okay. Maybe it can do... I mean, people have, have talked about putting facial recognition into their droids and stuff. Gotcha. Or, yeah. Or f- just follow along, right? So it would sense a little sensor on my belt and it would follow 10 feet behind me wherever I walk kind of thing. So okay. Now that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts of fun stuff you can get and, into. And yeah. I'm already imagining you having fun at a future celebration doing that, <laughs> having him follow you around. Potentially, you know, the the thing that scares me about all those is the R2, right? So he's, he might be as much as 200 pounds and he can probably go at like 15 to 20 miles an hour at top speed. Wow. You know, if I'm trusting him to drive himself, I got to really trust him because he can mow somebody over and do a lot of harm. Yeah. So So you've talked about several droids and you also have the Percy. Is there another droider robot that is sort of on the wish list for the Dr. Topher build? <laughs> well, there, there's two in my workshop right now. One uh, is... Listeners, by the way, he has an evil grin right now. <laughs> so he's got something. So, you know, I built Star Wars droids. Yep. As, you know, strict following, replicating what's a scene on screen. I'm kind of bored with that. So it's time okay. to start making more creative, take the skills I've learned okay. and build other things. So I have one in the workshop that is a, basically an R2-D2 in profile, but his body is a 30-gallon uh, wooden charred oak cask. Um, oh, no kidding. And his dome is an antique copper pot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's I got- I love it. 
He's got, you know, his chest has a big opening and it's got a glowing coil that kind of looks like some kind of radioactive coil or something. He's got these four giant pipes that go up behind him and one of them can blow steam. Very cool. Got an antique camera lens in his, for one of his eyes. And I rigged a little servo motor that blinks the shutter. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. He just kind of periodically blinks. So. You know, just starting to have fun with, okay, I can build the concept of a droid. How different, how creative can I get into it? Very cool. I love that. And I think that's the important part kind of about what we're talking about here is that you had no background with this. You started to just because you were interested or possibly because you wanted your own droid to follow you around, right? At those shows. (laughs) And then look at where it's taking you. So, you know, people who say like engineers or engineering or whatever is not creative. Look at what you're making now. I mean, I would argue that when you're done, it could be considered a piece of art, right? Like, oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that you have created and it's just because of the amount of time you put into it. And it's a hobby that's just grown and grown and grown. Who knows? Maybe if you could, you know, I guess the key is figuring out how to sell it or something, you know, this could be your job or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a whole nother problem discussion. (laughs) And you just may not want it to turn into your job. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's my hobby. It's my creative outlet. It's, you know, it has turned from strictly building a Star Wars droid to an artistic outlet, and I'm having great fun with it. And I just want to create something that looks neat and gets oohs and ahs. And yeah. I, think, I think that's fun. Well, yeah. this has been so awesome learning about all of this. Now we're at the part in our show where we ask our guests to give our listeners a challenge. I'm very curious to hear what your challenge is going to be, Dr. Tosper. Gosh, you know, I, I, I thought about a lot of different ones. So I suppose one option or one direction that we might go is, so we talked a bit about, you know, how these are puppets, not necessarily strictly right. robots. And we talked a little bit actually about how, like, for example, Chopper is really hard to bring to life because he was originally a cartoon. Right. Yes. As a, a first challenge, I'm going to say, go back and watch, you know, maybe watch the Star Wars movies or some other movie with a robot of some sort in it. and Watch really hard and think about when is that actually, we'll just take R2-D2. When is it R2 actually opening a door and extending a tool and using the tool Yeah. versus when is it very carefully crafted where there's a part of R2 on screen and then (laughs) off screen, there's a puppeteer (laughs) who's pushing open the door and flipping up a rod and shoving it forward into the computer. Yeah. So when have the filmmakers pulled a little bit of trickery to make you think, oh, R2, the robot is doing this when it's actually a bunch of puppeteers working off screen, making the magic happen. And it is magic and it's beautiful and it is fun. And I love the movies and I will, you know, I enjoy them. So have take a chance to think about how the shot was composed, how it's done. And See if you can identify some of those times when there's a little bit of fun trickery going on. I love that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of critical thinking there. That's a lot. Now I'm gonna have to watch Star Wars and we're gonna John and I are gonna have to go through and figure this out and see see if we're yep. right on some of these things. No, I love that challenge. Well, this has been so much fun. I've learned so much about droids, and now I want to see your R2D2 in person. 
because I think I want to see the new one. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Absolutely. You'll have to share photos when you're done with that. But right. thank you so much for being Unsolved for Kids, Dr. Topher. Thank you. You are very welcome. It was a privilege. All the geeks are geeking out right now because <laughs> I think all of us want to have this hobby that Dr. Topher has. He has built some amazing droids and they are beautiful to look at. So we will have those pictures. Jen, which one was your favorite? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I kind of liked them all. Is that wrong to <laughs> no, say? not at all. They were so cool. And, you know, I love the stories that he told about them and how much he enjoys them. And that's something that I think kids of all ages can learn. You know, you have an amazing job during the day, but your hobby can maybe, it can become your job or it can just be a way for you to have a lot of fun and connect with people. So I would highly recommend those of us geeks going back and watching those TV shows with all those droids in there and pay special attention to how they move because I know I'm going to. I mean, I've watched Star Wars a billion times, but now I'm going to watch like R2-D2, who's my favorite anyway. Absolutely. I am R2-D2, the medical droids, the clones, BB-8, all of them. And I will definitely also be paying more attention because Dr. Topher asked us to when they are doing tasks, opening a door, picking something yeah. up, working in collaboration with a human that's in the movie. Uh, it is a whole different way to look at all of those movies that have droids and droids and robots. And this is going to be fun. Yes, exactly. So if you take a look at all of these movies, or if you just want to ask questions or make a comment, or show us your own droid that you've made, tag us on social media. We are at KidsSolve at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to check out our website page, SolveItForKids.com, where we will definitely have some pictures of Dr. Topher's droids. 100%. And if you haven't built a droid on your own, we know a lot of our listeners are younger. It's okay. If you've ever been out to an event where they've had a BB-8 or an R2-D2 and gotten your photo taken, we would love to see that too. Or heck, Mr. Jeff, Galactic Space Geek Jeff, likes action figures. If you've got an action figure droid, take that picture and share it with us as well. Geeks love other geeks. And that's me. Until next time, you will hear Jen and Jeff on Solve, Solve It for, for Kids. kids.